good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. And our top story today, have home prices hit a turning point this year? Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Deidre Willard is with The Motley Fool. Deidre, so great to see you again. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Happy holidays to you. Well, thank you. It's always great to uh, kind of close out the year with The Motley Fool and yourself and really appreciate all that you contribute uh, to the conversation about real estate. Deidre, I want to focus our first segment on home prices and real estate. And, and let's we just had the Federal Reserve raise rates again. And I know that there's not a direct correlation between what the Fed does and what the and what the mortgage market does. But let's start there. Let's talk. Let's talk about mortgage rates. Um, how have they responded, um, though not direct? Yeah, it they they have kept going up, not not directly in correlation. So they're not going up as as far as as we may have thought they might. But they're still really really high, and that is absolutely dragging down the uh, the home buying market. Yeah, and, and mortgage rates, according to Bankrate, um, a friend of of your your uh, organization and our network, uh, the the current average rate for the benchmark thirty year fixed mortgage is six point six percent. Now that's high relative to what we've had over the last decade, but not really high relative to what we had in the seventies and eighties. So historically, not significantly high. True, but. Because it hasn't been this high for over a decade, it has it has had a very large impact because this is an entire generation who's never seen interest rates be this high. That's a good point. I feel like we're and we're not debating. We're just like uh, we, we don't talk about these things before. So I hit her with questions and she hits me back with great responses. All right, Deidre, let's talk about um, home prices. How have home prices uh, when? We talked earlier in the year, I don't know, February, there was, first of all, there weren't, weren't enough houses for people um, to buy and uh, because the interest rates were so low and housing prices were appreciating, had appreciated significantly. Has that ebbed a little bit? Are we still seeing the same high home prices around the country? It has absolutely leveled off, but it, it is still taking a long time to work through. They're still up dramatically year over year, but, but that we are starting to see definitely a flattening in some areas, a dramatic decrease. One of the things that I'm watching is uh, the markets where where prices went up the most, uh, especially the markets that were called the, the Zoom towns. Some of those markets have gone down dramatically. But there's kind of an interesting phenomenon happening, which is just kind of a pause because sellers aren't listing and buyers aren't buying. And, and this is always a slow time of year, but it, it seems extra slow. And, and what about the contingencies? And when we had talked, because there were so many buyers for a particular property, they were like waiving all sorts of inspections. Hey, don't bother checking out the roof. Don't check if the house has insulation. Don't even check it if, if it has plumbing. Has that sort of kind of clawed back a little bit and, and receded uh, because there is a little bit more uh, softening of the market? Definitely that. Definitely also a decrease in bidding wars. You know, at the same time we had people waiving contingencies, we had bidding wars, and that was part of the, the sort of urgency there to do anything you could to get the deal. So that has ebbed a bit, but we've still got this issue where there just aren't enough homes for sale, and so that is is continuing to put pressure on you. If you want to buy, it is still it is still not the easiest time. 
Now, what about developers? Um, when we had, again, kind of looking back, and this is not a look back show, or maybe it's more of a look forward, but we talked about you know developers maybe, first of all, they couldn't find supplies during the pandemic. They couldn't get wood. Wood was more expensive. They couldn't get appliances. They couldn't get the chips for the appliances. Uh, that microwave that you know is uh, can cook food in like under 30 seconds. They couldn't find those. Um, are they keeping up? And they, by the way, they also couldn't find labor. But are they keeping up with demand? Or are they just kind of, is it a wait and see with some of these developers to say, look, I don't know if, if it's worth spending all that money to build, to invest uh, in developments that maybe won't sell at the rate that we thought they would, at the price that they thought we would. Oh, absolutely. I was looking this morning at the housing starts numbers and building permits are down dramatically. Uh, housing starts are down dramatically. Completions are still up, but that's because they're just completing the ones that they already had started. The fact that permits are down is the big concerning issue for me because that means that home builders, they're going to wait. They're going to wait until this shakes out. And, and so they're not even pulling the permits, which usually you'll pull a permit maybe six months before you want to start something new. So they're really, they're building a large pause in here. All right, Deidre, I want to get you to pull out your crystal ball. Actually, you know, your eight ball, the eight ball. Remember the eight ball you would shake of and it course. would say, possibly that could happen. It was like the biggest hedge, but I, I, I always wanted one. My parents would never buy me one. Um, but let's talk about 2023. Um, the Fed could still raise rates, though there's not a direct correlation. But what are you, what are you looking at when we, as we head into 2023? Well, you know, I've, I'm, I'm stealing other people's eight balls at this point because I've been looking at <laughs> forecasts from Redfin and the NAR. So like Redfin, uh, they, they're predicting about 4.3 million homes in uh, selling. That's sort of conservative because that's and they're also predicting home prices down around 4%. Uh, NAR predicting 4.78 million existing homes, which would be down 6.8% from this year. The forecasts have been kind of all over the board a little bit more than in most years, which just is because we don't really know where rates are going to fall and how that's going to impact consumers. I think we're close to peak on on mortgage rates, but and I think that eventually we're starting going to start to see more homes on the market, but it definitely probably more toward the back of the year than the front half of the year. Uh, last question for this segment. Let's talk a little bit about rental properties. Um, people don't buy. They need to live somewhere. They, I guess they could build a cabin in the off-grid cabin. I've been watching a lot of those videos, by the way, on YouTube. It's absolutely fascinating. Or they could buy an RV, live out of their car. And there are people that, that do that. And it's absolutely amazing. And it looks like a fun lifestyle. But what about rents and rents in metropolitan areas like San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago? Uh, still going up, going down? or same it has been same. a it's been a roller coaster because they were down especially in those coastal areas during the pandemic then they went back up now now it's really sort of flat there's definitely a, a weakness starting to happen in in rental prices vacancies are starting to to rise just a little bit so that's something to keep an eye on you know, whether or not we head into a recession next year is obviously going to have a big impact on on rental prices and how, what people feel like they can afford if people are going to, you know, younger people are going to continue to live with their parents. So it's 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 not going to be the robust year that it was this year. And speaking of living with your parents, my mom watches the show every day and I just want to make an open play. Mom, can my wife and I and the cats move in? 
with, mm -hmm. with you and Gray. We would really appreciate it. Deidre, I need to take a very, I'm just kidding, by the way. My mom would never, never allow that. Um, Deidre, I want to take a very quick break. Can we come back? We're going to flip the coin, talk about the roller coaster ride that is commercial real estate. Deidre's got some very important insights when we come back. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and call Credit Repaired for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Nothing is known 100%. So my strategy does not change based off what other people expect. My strategy is based off of what I expect. And what I expect is to retire when I'm around 60 years old. And so I make my investments today based off what my future goal is, which is, you know, to retire in you know, 30 or 40 years. That's, that's my goal. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Deidre Woolard of The Motley Fool. Deidre, thanks so much for sticking around with us for segment number two. My pleasure. All right, let's flip the coin. Now we're going to talk about commercial real estate. And we have talked with you uh, over the last several years about return to office. People are not returning to the office. What do you do with all these office buildings? 
commercial real estate in general still a good investment for some of those investors out there, whether they're institutional or individual? Yes, in the long term, but it is not going to be the easiest year. And part of that is just what you mentioned. The uncertainty with office is it has not resolved itself. I kept thinking that, you know, in the fall, maybe we'd see a bigger return to work. We were seeing some hybrid work, but it really is centered around the middle of the week. People are not going to the office on a Monday or a Friday. And so you've got buildings that are being used you know, not as much as they were. There's also been a bunch of layoffs. Certainly we're seeing it in the tech sector, uh, which has had a big impact on the San Francisco office market. We're seeing a lot of subleases. Some of the bigger tech companies are trying to, to sublease out some of their space. So overall office, the uncertainty around office is dragging down commercial real estate as a whole. Do you, do you think some of that is, I know you're not a psychologist, some of that, do you think people are just being antisocial? We, we've kind of learned, I, I always thought human beings were social creatures and I yearn to work with other people and especially imperfect, you know, being able to high five or uh, whatever you do when, to be COVID safe. But do you think people are just like, you know, I'm kind of over the team thing and I just want to be an individual contributor and if Zoom or Skype or Teams, one of those works, I'm going to try to do it. I think we've gotten, we're creatures of habit. I think we've gotten used to it, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure it's good in the long term. And it's certainly not good for younger workers because if you're joining a company, it's it can be very isolating. Uh, the CEO of Salesforce, Mark Benioff, was talking about this recently about Salesforce's company culture and the the what hybrid work has done and whether or not if you come on as a remote worker and everyone and you don't really meet people, do you absorb the company culture? It's a big concern. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that culture can dissipate very quick if people are not connected. I mean, it's really hard to, when you have to look other people in the face to not and, and, and be trained one on one with somebody, whether you're doing processing transactions or doing something, you really get something from that, that connectivity. Let's talk about some other segments, Deidre. Um, it's holiday season for, for many. Uh, that means shopping. Um, how about malls and retail? How are they doing? How did they do in 2022? And what about 2023? Is there a concern around some of the consumer softening, spending softening? It was a really good year for retail real estate, which surprised a lot of people. Some of that, though, was just the uh, increase in foot traffic. People wanted to go back to, to the mall, which people are saying the mall is dead. But no, people wanted to go back to the mall. People still want to shop in person. One of the things that the pandemic revealed is that it can be really frustrating sometimes if your packages don't arrive or you're getting a bunch of different packages or you know there's there's delays so there's been some frustration there and so people actually want to go back now they don't necessarily want to shop and buy in store a lot a lot of it is the uh mobile shopping the buy online pick up in store but there was a uh, a study from cbre that said 60 percent of the people that they surveyed prefer the in-store experience. So there's really something there. And that's been good news for retail real estate. All right, let's shift gears. Uh, and I love going to the mall to look. I always leave my credit cards and cash behind. So we're just <laughs> just looking. We, we like to look at uh, furniture. Uh, you know, what kind of couch would we have if we could buy, pay for any couch? Uh, let's talk a little about data centers. This was one where we're using the cloud a lot more, Zoom. Um, you know, that, that needs data and uh, servers in order to process all that data that's flying back and forth. How, how are they doing? Are they still one of the better performing sectors of the commercial real estate uh, marketplace? Uh, for publicly traded data center REITs, it, it wasn't the greatest year. And part of that is they're being driven, sort of dragged down with the rest of 
what has happened to tech stocks, right? We've all seen tech stocks be dragged down a lot in 2022. That impacted data centers. It also impacted data centers because some of those larger tech companies Meta, for example, are, are scaling back some of their plans for, for larger data centers. And so that is also a concern. In the long run, we're absolutely going to continue to to need more data. I'm not worried about data centers as an investment, but it wasn't the best year for them. Uh, you bring up Meta. I want to ask you about the Metaverse. Um, how's real? When we had talked, I think, early in the year, the people were buying up real estate. Real estate. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I don't mean to laugh, but it just sounds kind of crazy. Brands were buying up real estate in the metaverse. Uh, what's the what's 2023 look like from that? Any of that dinged up maybe by the FTX uh, thing that it evo- that happened in the last past uh, month or so? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, even before <laughs> FTX, the, the crypto winter really uh, was a was sort of brought down a lot of that and there were some studies that came out that showed you know just just how many people are showing up in decentraland and and some of those other spots and not a lot of people are participating in the metaverse i mean you've got mark zuckerberg he's very sure this is where we're going but the participation numbers we've seen on a lot of platforms just don't bear it out and so yeah people got very excited about metaverse real estate they they bought a lot and and it so far it has not played out all right, last question, Deidre. Um, again, I want you to pull out someone's crystal ball, whether it's yours or, or eight ball. Uh, what are you thinking about when 2023 rolls around? Are you still looking at return to office? What are some of the, the key things that you and the team at uh, The Motley Fool are paying attention to? Yeah, we're looking at office a lot. We're looking at hospitality. Hospitality had a huge year. It was another big sector where everyone has been traveling this year. The one I'm looking at a lot is industrial, too, because we had Amazon scaling back some of their plans, but I believe industrial is still going to grow. There's still more reshoring and onshoring, more factories being built. E-commerce keeps growing, even though retail real estate is also growing. So that's the sector I'm watching right now. Yeah, it's going to be a fun 2023. Let's hope uh, things continue to improve economically, especially for uh, folks watching the program. Deidre, we're going to have to leave it there. Wishing you and your family a very happy new year. And we, we're going to bring you back in 2023. Hopefully a lot of positive things going on uh, in the coming year. Take care. Great to see you. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you. Happy new year. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more. And all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. 
tax liens, wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare, and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom, and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The Tax Relief Line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free.